Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. like being in the building and seeing all these lovely faces and getting the hugs and the fist bumps and uh, you need to be here in this place. So, But for those of you who are here for the first time, if you'll grab a Connect card, it's in the seat back in front of you, a completed one of these taken to our Connect Center, which is that big place you walk by as you walked in the door today. We've got a gift we would love to give you, maybe to share some more information with you uh, about what it looks like to be part of Simple Church, answer all your questions. So please, Feel free to take time uh, during the message today to fill this out. There's also a great place on the back if you just like to take notes, which we are a note-taking church. We believe that God's going to speak to us. Amen, everybody? And, uh, and so uh, if you'd like to take notes, there are pens, and this you can use the back of any of these Connect cards just for your personal use as well. Uh, but we're so glad that you guys are here today. Also want to just say that uh, you know this is our second week back. And, uh, and I, I've been getting the questions like, Aaron, if I want to get involved, if I want to be part of a team, or maybe you were part of a team before, and you know, we've been online for, for the last year and a half, and so some of your teams haven't served in that long. You're like, how do I rejoin a team? How do I get onto a different team? Because I don't want to go back to that one. Maybe you want to do something different. A year and a half has shaped a lot of us and uh, maybe has led you to a different place in your life where you're like, all right, I'd like to do something different. Or maybe you're just brand new here and you want to join us. The best way to do that right now is filling out the Connect card. A completed Connect card, just drop it off at the Connect Center. But you can mark on here that I want to get involved. Um, our normal pathway for doing that is Growth Track, which is a four-step process where you get to know a lot about us as a church. And uh, we take four Sundays and we introduce you to our culture, who we are. We help you discover your purpose uh, by, by walking you through an assessment. And step two, step three is where we help you understand what it looks like to be a leader in our church. And step four is where we get you connected to a team. However... Growth Track is uh, under a reconstruction right now, and so what we're promising and hoping for is that Growth Track will be available to us all again uh, come the first weekend in January. So until we have Growth Track, this is the best way to get involved. So if you'd like to do that, fill out a Connect card, drop it off at the Connect Center, and, uh, and we'll get you connected to a team as soon as possible, all right? Now, if it's your first week here, you weren't here with us last week, uh, we're, we're in an Aldi building, if you didn't know that, and it, and it kind of looks that way. If you took a look around, I'm not sure if you had a chance to do that. Hopefully somebody greeted you and loved you and, and, and offered to show you around, but if you didn't notice, there are freezer units back here, there are walk-in refrigeration units over here, and yeah, it, this used to be an Aldi building, and there's, there's these nice little steel pegs that are, that are in the ground everywhere from where the shelves used to be. Uh, it's kind of a rough and raw deal right now, and that's okay. We have a plan to renovate the space. We met with a general contractor this week, and we shared with him uh, what our plans were, and so we're taking steps towards that. But what I thought would be really cool for a lot of you, because uh, I, I don't think many people have seen this, would you guys like to see what our vision, what our end game is with the building? Would you guys like to see it? All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take just a moment, and uh, we've put together a video. It is a, a walkthrough so that you can actually see what we intend to do with this space. Go ahead and roll that beautiful bean footage. <clears throat> so this is your entryway. There's that Connect Center right there. What you're looking at right in front of you is the growth track room. We intend to reuse these, uh, these refrigerator doors to be the conference room. Here's our cafe area. This is where you'll get the freshest coffee in town from uh, uh, Roosevelt's Roasters. So if you know the Roosevelt downtown, we, we brew their coffee. 
And it looks like we're going to take a trip right back into, there's a kitchen area back here. To the left there is also a business office. We call it ground control because that's where everything is right now that uh, makes everything run around here. So there's a, a back view of the, what the cafe lobby area will look like. It kind of looks like that right now. Notice that there'll be some carpet coming in. There'll be some different lighting fixtures, uh, a, little, a little more of a, of a, a feel, a little, little feel more like us. So here's your growth track conference room. This is where uh, you'll spend four weeks getting to know who we are as a church. Not four weeks, four Sundays, rather, I'll just say. Uh, and uh, so that's that space there. We will be uh, expanding the bathrooms as well. This takes us down the hallway. Currently, there are two restrooms uh, for, for men and for women. The women will expand to four, rest, four stalls, and the men will expand to three. And uh, yep, there you go. That um, looked like a hand dryer. I think that was a urinal, though. So. Uh, and then uh, you'll see here, we have this long hallway here that we call the gallery. And uh, to the left, yep, here we go. This is our kids' check-in. So there'll be a nice check-in desk for your kids. You go to the left, this is the toddler area. So it's an area that is specifically designed for our toddlers. And then through this door here is a room that is specifically designed for our infants, uh, nursery for your kids. As we head through this area, we, we have two large spaces. Each will be equipped with their own stages and proper uh, environments for your kids of each one of these ages, how we break them out. And then the kids, because we want to make sure once your kids check into the space that uh, they remain in the space, there are kids' restrooms that we'll have installed here as well uh, in both sides of, it looks like both sides of those large areas. And now we're going to go uh, walk through this door without opening it again. Yeah, there we did it. Okay, cool. Uh, and now we're going to head into the auditorium, which is kind of set up how it will be uh, right now, but uh, we're going we're gonna to morph the chairs a little bit, hopefully uh, to do what we call church in the round. My, my goal was to bring people closer, uh, as po close as possible, and so uh, if you were with us before, the staging looks a lot like it did uh, back at the last building, but uh, this will be the view of the room. I believe we'll have, Derek, is 300 seats in here at, at, that, at that point in time? Uh, but back in this corner, so it's in this corner of this room, there is a uh, production room. And production room is where the sound booth, which is in the back of the room right now, will currently go, this production suite. So we'll have a place in here where we can film. Uh, all this, all the, uh, the different sound and lighting equipment will be here in that space. It also opens up into our uh, front lobby area as well. So that is the production suite. So it takes all of the the cords and all of the, the, the things that keep us moving during a service and kind of tucks it away real nice. And um, so that's, that's the production suite. Ooh, we just moved through a wall there, I feel like. All right, going through another door, we're not opening, bang, there we go. Up onto the stage. And now uh, there is a, uh, a side stage here that uh, just for some extra storage, and this is what we have our ready room. Uh, this is just a room where we have to prep uh, so the band can meet, so those that, that need a space to meet just before service can certainly do that. And this leads us down a long hallway, emergency exit, which is right here in the back of the room, just for reference. Um, and takes it down the hall. And that'll lead us right into the church offices. So this is a shared space. Uh, we're, we're a collaborative team right now. We, we work together really well. Uh, and then we will, so we'll have that space, uh, an office uh, for coaching and counseling. So uh, many of our pastors are trained coaches, and uh, we do have counselors on our team. Uh, that'll be an office space, I believe, for 
Is that, is that my office? I think it's somebody's office. Okay. Probably my office. We'll see. And then uh, a shared office space. But then again, and then uh, down here, this will be Dream Team Headquarters. So if you're on the Dream Team, give me a little noise here. You on the Dream Team? So this will be a room just for you where you can check in in the morning. We'll have fresh beverages in there for you. Place to put your purses and, and your... Uh, your belongings uh, right there in those those uh, lockers, locker-looking areas. Uh, again, a place for you to spend some time before you head out uh, into prep. That's da back down into the gallery area, and we're headed back into the auditorium. Let me see. Is that is that the end of that? Nope. We're still moving. We're still moving. Okay. Oh, and there's, there's a relational space right there. There's just a little spot. So if you uh, need to step out during service and sit in the hallway, you can sit in the hallway. I promise that's not a punishment area. That's a good space. Uh, so this is the kids' emergency exit. There's some, some supply and storage area there. Uh, this is where the, the cooler is. So uh, we are keeping one of the three coolers. That's what you saw there on the left. We've got a big bay door in the back if you haven't been back there for deliveries and Great opportunity for us to be able to move product in and out of here to be able to serve our community. So uh, that is pretty much the space. What do you guys think? Oh, there you go. And so that, that's, that's uh, the overview of it. So, uh, so that's ultimately what we have for you. And uh, it doesn't look anything like that just yet, but it will in time. And we're very, very excited about that. And uh, so I just... I want to say what you probably already know is that that's going to take some time and it's going to take some money. Thank you, Derek. And, uh, and so uh, right now, we don't know how much it's going to take. We worked with the general contractor this week. We told him how much we've already raised. And he said, well, you're not going to be able to do all this with $80,000. We said, well, we know that. We, we are well aware that it's going to take more than that. But we do have a priority of making sure that our kids' ministry space is open and available as soon as possible. That'll be our first phase and our first project. And then we'll more than likely target those restrooms. Uh, as a second phase and on from there. So uh, we're just really, really thankful for, uh, for what you've given so far. And, and since we don't know what it's going to take as of yet, financially, uh, we're trusting that, that the Lord is leading you to give as you, as you can or is leading you to give um, in, in a way that will lead us towards those finances, right? That'll, so I promise you as soon as I know what it's going to cost, uh, then I'll make sure I share with you. Hey, these are what each one of the phases are going to look like. This is the timeline for it. it. means we're going to be meeting in here. That's what the general contractor said. He said, so you guys are going to be still meeting in here while we're doing work? And I said, yep, that's what it means. We're going to have signs up that say, pardon our dust, and we're going to celebrate the dust. Amen, everybody? Amen. We're going to love it. We're going to love that. That's my dust. Don't you look down on that dust. That's my dust. It's good. We'll clean it up and love it, every bit of it. So, all right. Well, you guys ready to get into uh, what we're doing today, get into the Word of God? Yep. Let's do it. So, we're in this series called Stress Out, right? And it's not stressed out. It's stressed out because the goal of the series is to learn to walk in a way that we get the stress that we have in our lives out, right? Uh, we did a survey at Easter. Uh, we did an online survey, and we asked you guys a question. What are the things that are stressing you out? And the top four things that you responded with are also the top four things that the American Psychology Association says are stressing everybody out. And so we're talking about those things as time, relationships, finances, uh, and more. And so uh, you're not alone in your stress. And so, like I said, the goal of the series isn't, isn't to get to, to uh, manage your stress, right? It isn't, it isn't stress management. How many of you have ever tried stress management before? Doesn't that just stress you out, 
right? Stress management does not work. We believe that by the power of Jesus that we can get the stress out of our lives. Does anybody believe that that's possible today? And so last week we started this series out talking about our time and how important it is for us to make sure we prioritize our lives. Because if we don't prioritize our time, if we don't choose what's most important and organize our lives accordingly, if we don't do that, what will happen is, is that the world and all the things of this world, well, they've got a strategy for us. They've got priorities for us. And the outcomes of those priorities will not be in alignment with God's priorities for your life. And so this week, if you missed that message, you can listen to it online. We have a podcast. You can check it out on YouTube or uh, Facebook where it resides currently. But this week's topic is also in our theme verse for the series. It's found in Luke 21, verse 34. It says, be careful. Now, I want to pause right there because the author of this is a guy named Luke. He was a doctor, and he gathered a lot of information. He did a lot of interviews. He was not there uh, or present for Jesus' ministry. Luke came afterwards, but he was very meticulous in, in gathering up his stories. And Luke, Luke says, be careful here. And you need to know that, that this is Scripture. And even though Luke's hand is the one writing it, we know that the Holy Spirit inspires every bit of scripture. That means that the Luke is saying, be careful. This is actually a warning from God. And that means that it's a warning for me and you, that, that we can take this as if God is stepping onto the scene and saying, be careful. <laughs> this is your captain speaking. You're going to want to be careful as you uh, exit. Uh, no, I don't, I'm not going to play with that anymore. That's just one, one in my notes. Just a good, just a little, good little laugh. But we can take that as a warning from God. Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down. It'll be weighed down with what? With carousing? Another translation calls that dissipation, which means that your life feels like it's evaporated into nothing. It'll be weighed down with, with carousing. It'll be weighed down with drunkenness, which is just, just symbolic of all the things we do in our lives to medicate the pains and the weights that we carry and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. You know, the Bible talks about anxiety, talks about our worries as if it is a weight. It talks about them as if it's a weight that will lead to a trap, and a trap that will close in suddenly on you if you're not careful. And anxieties today are a huge weight in our life. Today, I think we're facing more anxieties than we ever faced before. I mean, think about this. School. Years ago, what did we worry about? We worried about our kids getting into the, the right classroom with the right teacher, and we worried about our kids getting good grades, or maybe, maybe little Johnny's concerned about getting on the team, and, and those were the worries. Those were the anxieties over school. Today, oh my goodness, the worries of going to school are, are, are intense. We worry about active shooter situations in our kids', in our kids school buildings. We worry about masks. Are our kids going to flourish? Are they going to be able to understand the teachers if, if the teacher's wearing the mask and the kids are wearing the mask? Should they be wearing a mask? Should they not be wearing a mask? We worry about the agendas that the school system have for our kids, the things that they're teaching our kids all across the board regarding gender, regarding uh, the political stances, and all. We worry, we stress. What about work? Well, it used to be we just worried about 
What kind of career am I going to get? What, what, what job am I going to step into? What pathway am I going to get on? And can I grow in it? Today, my goodness, a lot of us are stressed about just going, getting a job because we haven't had a job in a while, right? We're worried about going back to work. And so we, we took the opportunity to not have a job. And then some of us are just stressed about going back to work because a lot of us got displaced and we got an opportunity to work from home. And now we're having to go back into the office. And is it safe? Some of you are stressed about going back to the office because you've been wearing sweatpants for the last year and a half and you don't fit your business casual anymore. Stressed. Wow. Some of you are like, Monday's tomorrow. I'm feeling it. Others of us, we stress about our health. You know, we used to just be concerned about the big C or the big H, that's cancer and heart attack, big things. But now we're stressed about our health all around. We're stressed. Like, my goodness, who is safe to be with? Where is it safe to go? Coronavirus is everywhere. We're stressed. We care for ourselves. We're caring for others. We get stressed about our health. We get stressed about our future. You know, I used to just stress out, stress about, like, am I going to have Chipotle for lunch today? <laughs> Will I? Now, now you stress, is, is Chipotle even going to be open this afternoon? Come on, somebody, have you experienced this? Hell has, like, burst forth from the ground and is now present in our reality when Chipotle is closed. They don't have any employees. I tried to go into one, and they're like, nope, we're closed. I'm like, but the door was open, and you're standing here. We're closed. But I see the food. I can smell the food. I can pay for the food. I'll pay double. It's a no. We're closed. They can't, they can't, they don't have the staff. We worry about more today than ever. And again, the Bible talks about this anxiety, this worry that we carry like a weight, and that's today's topic. Because to get the stress out, we have to deal with our anxiety. We have to deal with the weight of those things. Because anxiety and worry undealt with leads to more weight. And the more weight we wind up carrying around in our life, guess what it leads to? More anxiety, more worry. It's the cycle. We get stuck in it. We get trapped. It is never ending. And the Bible calls it that trap because that's exactly what it is. We have to deal with the weight of, of life and anxiety in our lives. Because if we don't, it'll just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, the truth is, is that we're never going to have, uh, we're never going to not have to deal with anxiety. That's the bummer part. There's going to be tons of stuff to worry about all throughout your life. What we need, though, is to be equipped. We need to be equipped with, with the tools to be able to deal with our anxiety for the rest of our life, too. When it comes, because it will, sorry if that bums you out, but things to worry about are going to show up, and when they do, you're going to know how to deal with it after today. So get excited where I'm going to share with you the Word of God, and, and we're going to help you because I don't want you trapped. As your pastor, I want you to experience the full freedom that Jesus paid for you to have. Amen, everybody? Now, to be clear, this weight and the anxiety that we have and that we carry around with us does not make us bad people. Truth be told, the reason we're carrying it around is because none of us expected these issues to come up in our life, right? The great theologian Mike Tyson said this. He said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Well, you know, the truth is no one plans on getting punched in the mouth. And no one plans on having the weight 
of anxiety in their lives either. No, nobody plans on that. And I have to tell you that I'm right here with you, okay? I'm not up here standing here telling you that I've got it all figured out and that I've got this perfect. That, that the things that stress me out or to come to stress me out, the anxieties of life, I have to deal with them the same way you do. This week has been really challenging for me as I examine my own heart and my own life going, am I using the tools that I know I have available to me to get the stress out of my life? I've had to check my own heart as well. Now, as we talk about life and we talk about the stresses, we know that life isn't all bad, right? That not everything is terrible. There's plenty of good things in life. Like, like just think about this big picture. Earth, still the greatest planet to live on, right? Well, until Elon Musk, you know, provides a way for all of us to get to Mars, I guess. Earth is still pretty great. What about nature? Man, you know what? I'm not really an outdoorsy kind of guy, but I really love getting out into nature. I love in a safe space like a car. Just drive through it. <laughs> or maybe to pull up close to it in a car and take a few steps and look at it. No, seriously, I do love being outside. My wife and I uh, were in San Diego recently, and there was just some beautiful, beautiful sights to take in in California. Going out to La Jolla and looking at the... the the, where, where, there was, the, what's that? Sea yeah, the sea lions. The sea lions and the birds and all the stuff just along the coast and the caves. And man, it was just really, really incredible. Watching all the guys and their speedos go out in water that I know was like 20 degrees. It was terrible. They were swimming way far out. I didn't see them come back either. I was a little scared for them, but I did get in my car and just leave. It was fine. But nature's awesome, right? We like going out. We like hiking. We like bird watching, tree climbing, cave exploring. But what about the beach? How many of you guys are beach people? Anybody, any beach people here? I'm a beach person. That's my kind of vibe, right? Let's go out. Let's sit close to nature. And, uh, and I know a lot of people don't like to go into the, into the water because that's, that's the shark's house. And I respect that. I respect that. But I'm going to go out and hang out in the shark's house and, uh, and, and because it just, it's where the, I, I just, all my cares and worries just kind of seem to melt away when I get out on a beach. Can anybody relate? I don't take my phone down there, maybe a good book, maybe not, but we take some food down, and we just hang out on the beach all day long. It's a wonderful thing. What, what about babies? I mean, who doesn't love babies, right? That's a pretty great thing we've got here in this world. Babies, soft and cute. Most of them smell good. Sometimes they don't, generally. What about puppies? Who loves puppies, right? Yeah, not cats. I'm not talking about cats. I'm talking about puppies. <laughs> well, what about this time of the year? Pumpkin spice everything. Where are my pumpkin spice people at? Oh, we got one right here right now, right? Okay. Pumpkin spice is awesome. I make a mean pumpkin pie. It's not award-winning, but it is good. I like pumpkin-flavored pumpkin stuff. In fact, this week, uh, somebody brought me some pumpkin spice cupcakes with some cream cheese icing on them. Oh. Great. Mm. No. <laughs> Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. We love pumpkin, pumpkin spice stuff makes me feel like it's really fall when the pumpkin spice hits, right? Fall makes me think of football. I love college football. OH? Did you guys watch the Buckeyes play yesterday? Incredible game. Man, love watching our boys beat up on Purdue that way. And then, of course, like I've already, <laughs> like I've already mentioned, in this life we have Chipotle, and Chipotle is amazing, right? So there's, there's, my point is, is that there is a lot of good things in life. A lot of good things in life, but, but unfortunately, as good as life is, life still punches us in the mouth, doesn't it? And we're not ready for it. We're just walking along, enjoying our Chipotle burritos, and bam, 
it hits us in the face. It hits us in the face with things like hurt. However you got hurt, whether it's because you positioned yourself in a place to get hurt or not, you, you carry the weight of that hurt and that pain. What about loss? You lost a loved one, and men, maybe you lost them suddenly. Maybe you didn't know it was their time. And that loss is a tragic one for you. No matter when you lose someone, because you expected to or a sudden, that's a weight and you're grieving. You carry that weight. Or maybe you're somebody who's suffered abuse. Somebody took your innocence from you. And you carry the weight of that. Maybe you're just frustrated. You expected people to show up in a certain way in your life and they've failed you or maybe betrayed you. And you carry the weight of those betrayals. You carry the weight of something that was never supposed to happen or something that was supposed to happen that never did. Or maybe it's trauma. Something's happened to you physically or emotionally. You carry the weight of that. It's not okay that it happened. It's also not your fault that it happened. But we wind up in a place where we're carrying so much weight that we oftentimes experience PTSD as a result. Or maybe it's grief. You thought you'd be done grieving by now. That process where you lost somebody, you lost an opportunity, and that grieving process never seems to come to an end for you. It's heavy. Powerlessness. At some point in time, somebody robbed your power from you, took a choice away from you, forced you into a situation, backed you into a corner. You carry the weight of that hurt. It leads to regret. Regret pushes us towards shame. Shame keeps us out of healthy spaces and out of healthy relationships because we believe shame is, is that I did a bad thing, but because I did a bad thing, I'm a bad person. And it keeps us from entering into relationships like we should. It keeps us out of healthy spaces in our mind. Maybe it's just fear. Fear polarizes us, keeps us stuck in a space. And you carry that fear because of past hurts. You feel trapped and you can't move forward. And life punches us all in the face with all of these things, and each leads to more stress, more anxiety, and more weight. The truth is, is that none of us were meant to carry these weights. It is not God's plan. Unfortunately, all of these are part of the human experience. But the weight of each, the weight of it, is not supposed to be ours to carry. God has a plan and a pathway for us to get the stress out. Again, sadly, today, I don't, I, I don't think that many of us could say that we're on that pathway. A lot of us are on a different pathway where we're stuck in the stress. And we didn't mean to be there. And we know that it isn't right. But Jesus talked about these pathways. He talked about two different ones. In Matthew 7, verse 13, he said, enter by the narrow gate. Now, I have to tell you, if you're looking at this verse, a lot of people think, that Jesus was being exclusive, saying that, that it, hey, th it's, this is exclu exclusive, only certain people are going to get there. And, that, and, that, and that's, that's not actually correct. Jesus wasn't being exclusive, meaning people would be excluded from this narrow pathway. He was just being specific. In the same way that I would be specific if you were trying to get to my house, I wouldn't tell you, well, you just kind of go that direction, and whenever you feel like it, make a right-hand turn. I'm going to be specific. If I'm inviting you to something, I want to give you my address. 
And if you don't have a phone that's got a GPS on it, I might even be so inclined as to give you all the roads and all the turns and all the, all the, the, the marks, the landmarks to help you understand what to look for and how to get there, being specific. Jesus said, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Jesus is inviting all of us to a better way. But he's letting us know it's a very specific path that we have to walk. And it's not a path that we get to determine ourselves. It's not a path that the person sitting next to you gets to determine. The pathway is one that he has outlined for us. And you need to know the enemy is also inviting us to a pathway. When we don't walk out or we aren't walking specifically the path that Jesus has given for us, then we're, we wind up wandering all over the place. And the Bible tells us it leads to destruction. God has a better way for us. So, so I want to point out this, this pathway to destruction. There are four points on this pathway to destruction. I want you to listen carefully and identify where are you with the weight you are carrying from life. The first place that we get when we continue to carry the stress and the weight of our life is that we become overburdened. We become overburdened. It becomes too much for us. We try to manage that stress, right, at first. We try to, to, to manage that anxiety. But then what happens is we become overburdened. You know, when I was 11 years old, I, I took a job as a newspaper boy. And there were some days when I, I had 42 customers Monday through Saturday. And there were some days that the paper was really light. That was Monday. Sunday was the heaviest day. Monday was the lightest day. I couldn't carry all, all 60 because on Sunday we had more subscribers. I couldn't carry all those in my, I had a carrier bag that had a huge pouch on the front and a huge pouch on the back. I delivered for the Columbus Dispatch. And I, I, I would go out there and get my newspapers and I would dump half of them into the front and half of them into the back. And on some days, usually Thursdays, because that's when the ads are placed in the paper. See, I'm just kind of dating myself here. Anybody know what I'm talking about, right? Newspaper would be thinner, then it'd be thicker on some days. Thursdays, it was a heavier day. But on Thursdays, I really struggled because those 42 customers got a little, a little more weighty. And I loved my job, but not on Thursdays. I hated my job on Thursdays because the weight of those newspapers carrying them around was overwhelming to me. I started off really, really slow. It encumbered me from doing my job quickly. It robbed me of the joy of my job because I just dreaded it. Because here's what happened. As you're delivering papers out of the front of your satchel, the weight in the back doesn't change. But the weight in the front is. And so what happens is, you start getting choked like this. And it used to be, good morning, Mr. Robinson, as you walked through and delivered your paper on time and where they wanted it. And then it was like, hey, guys, how you doing? I'm fine. Tossing papers. Became a pain. A pain. And then when you flipped it around, it pulled me forward. It probably led to the back problems that I wound up having later on in life. It was painful for me. Everything took longer. I was overburdened. And for a lot of us here today, maybe it's, it's, it's not paperboy stuff, but maybe you're overburdened by a mistake that you made. Maybe it was a mistake you made in your childhood, and you still hold on to that, and it still haunts you today. Maybe you're still paying the price for it. Maybe it's a mistake you made last night. Or maybe it's emotional or physical abuse that's not okay. You didn't deserve it, but you still carry that weight. Or maybe it's secret addictions that you've got. Maybe you're abusing your body through alcohol or drug use abuse. Or maybe even, we'll just go there, pornography. 
Or maybe, maybe you're overburdened by betrayals. Like you don't trust people. In every relationship you get into because somebody lied to you, because somebody hurt you, you carry that weight into that relationship. And everybody else, no matter who it was that hurt you in the first place, everybody else pays the price. Or maybe, maybe it's a burden that you're carrying in your finances. Maybe you made a bad financial decision somewhere along the way. Maybe you took a job you shouldn't have or you quit a job too soon. You're still paying the price and carrying the weight. Maybe it's just simply the grief process. Many of us are grieving things. We don't know how to go through that process. It's hard for some of us. And we carry that. We're overburdened. Carrying all of this weight affects everything that we do. It affects every relationship we get into. It affects our decision-making, how we view others, and ourself becomes tainted. My friend Gary Fowler, he talks about this. Uh, he talks about it being the pain box. He says the pains that come to our ways, the worries, the anxieties that come our ways. He, he describes your brain, and he says the pain box, he says once stuff starts filling up in the pain box, he said what, more, what we more and often do with the pain box is we take stuff in, and we just stuff it down, and we hold it there, and we don't deal with it. Well, that, that's our way of managing it. We don't talk about it. We don't overburden other people with our problems. We don't want to go. We don't need help. We're fine. And what happens is, is that pain box becomes the lens that we start to see our entire lives through. And when you're looking at your life, when you're looking at the world around you through those, the lens of pain, you'll make terrible decisions. It'll weigh you down and it'll distort your life. The weight of life overburdens us. Most of us never saw it coming. And if we stay overburdened, not dealing with those, getting the stress out too long, the next phase of it is we, we try to fix it, but we try to fix it the wrong way. We go about it the way that the world goes about fixing their pain and dealing with their stress and dealing with their anxiety. More often than not, we look to ourselves. We don't look to, to professionals. We don't talk to our pastors. We don't even talk to God about it or look to his word. We look to the world. And the world's way of dealing with stress and pain is four simple things. The first thing we do is, is we project it. We put our pain onto others. We make other people pay the price. Or we internalize that pain. In other words, we take the same anger that we were projecting onto other people and we project it towards ourselves. This is the shame cycle. I'm bad. I'm undeserving. I'm unworthy. I deserved the pain that happened to me. I deserved the bad thing that someone did to me. I deserve it. And therefore, I'm not going to deal with it. I'm just going to let it sit here. And I don't deserve any better. Or we pick up what they call codependent behaviors. Now, I'm not talking about a codependent relationship. I mean a codependent behavior. It's a behavior that you put into your life dealing with everybody else's problems so that you don't have to deal with your own. I'm going to fix everybody around me so that everybody's happy with me, but my pain I'm going to keep to myself. The fourth way we tend to deal with it is through medication. We self-medicate ultimately just a way for us to escape the pain. We're just not going to deal with it. What I'm going to do is numb it. And the, the problem isn't necessarily all these things. The problem is when we become dependent on these things. We medicate with drugs. We medicate with alcohol, pornography. Sometimes we just medicate with uh, Netflix binge. Now, there's nothing wrong with watching a show that you really enjoy. But if the point of you watching the show is so that you don't feel the pain that you're in, that's a problem. That's the world's way of dealing with it. These are dangerous ways to try to fix the pain that we're in. These are unhealthy and broad pathways that lead to destruction. And when these wrong fixes don't work, 
then? Well, we attempt to normalize them, don't we? We attempt to normalize the pain that we're in. We justify the weight that we're carrying. We accept it as just, hey, this is just part of our life. I did that. Man, many of you who have walked with me, you understand, you were here on Sunday mornings. I, I have a back injury that my doctor said happened probably two decades ago. Then in 2019, I actually had like a major surgery in order to correct it. But up until that point, what I did was I normalized the fact that I had this pain. I was regularly taking painkillers throughout the day. I had ice packs ready for me. On Sunday mornings, I, I normalized it, and I just said, well, I'm not going to be able to be out with everybody and fellowship with them. And after service, I'm going to have to sit on a bench and greet people as they walk out as I'm sitting on a, on a little stool. Hi, good, good morning. Thanks for coming. Good morning. Thanks. I normalized it. I just made, hey, this is just how life is going to be for me. I just accepted it. And I accommodated, made everything in my life to accommodate that pain. And what happened is, is everybody else needed to change in order to interact with me. And this is what happens. We all do that. We normalize the weight and the pains in our lives because we're not dealing with them properly. And we justify it and say, well, you know what? All my past attempts to fix this situation have not fixed it. And so this is just how it's going to be. And I'm going to go ahead and push that onto other people. Everyone else has to shift to make room for you to act out due to the weight and the pain and the stress that you're carrying. And then once we can't fix it, because we tried all the wrong ways, and we've normalized it in our life, what winds up happening is that we feel stuck. We just feel stuck. And this is where the enemy wants you, by the way. The enemy wants you in this space where you feel stuck. You become despondent. You become hopeless. You feel stuck in your pain. And I'm here to tell you today, my friends, that you are not stuck. In fact, I'm going to ask you to say that with me. Say, I'm not stuck. I'm not stuck. Oh, come on. Let's try that again. Say, I'm not stuck. I'm not stuck. The devil is a liar. And you are not stuck. There is a way out. And that way out is through Jesus Christ. No matter what has been done to you or what you've done to yourself to get yourself into this place of carrying the stress and the pain and the weight, you are not stuck. There's hope from God's word today. So let me show it to you. Because it may, it's going to be a tool that it, I hope you'll return to constantly. Hebrews 12.1 tells us this. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, which, by the way, what this verse means is that you're not alone in this. There's a huge crowd of witnesses. This verse specifically is speaking to those in the faith that have gone on to be in heaven. They're watching. They're cheering us on from heaven. But you have other believers around you as well. You are not alone. Since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. I've read that verse before, and I thought it was just talking about the sin. But it's not, because his next words are, especially the sin. There is a weight, and it's the weight of the worry. It's the weight of the anxiety. It's the weight of the pain that we carry. We don't have to carry it. We can choose to strip it off through God's power. He goes on and says, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. How do we do that, Aaron? I'm glad you asked. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. 
See, this is a pivot for us. Before, when pain came into our lives, we looked to our parents and how they had dealt with pain. We looked to our friends. We looked to our neighbors. We looked to Google. We looked to Facebook. We looked to the groups that we're part of. But this is a focus and a perspective shift. We keep our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy waiting for him, he endured the cross. Talk about some stress. Disregarding its shame, now he is seated in a place of honor besides God's throne. We're supposed to strip off the weight. We're supposed to cast it. Peter urged us to cast all of our anxiety, all of our worry on him, on God, because he cared for us. This thing that is really difficult for us to manage, for us to deal with, my friends, it's easy for God to deal with. Come on, is anybody out there today? Are you all listening to me? This thing that's hard for you is easy for God. It's easy for him. We have to shift our perspective. We have to choose that narrow pathway. We have to learn to live light as we cast off those weights. It's up to us. So let me show you that pathway as we focus on Jesus. It's simple. There's three things we can do. First, you need to believe that it's okay not to be okay. It's okay that you're not okay. It's okay. The, the, where you're at, you didn't plan on being there. The stuff that's happened to you or the things that you've just, you've you've done that have got you in the mess that you're in. God's not angry at you, and he's not even surprised. Every single one of us is born sinners. Every single one of us. He knew the mess we were gonna make even before we walked this earth. He knew. No matter where you are or how you got there, you need to know that it's, not, it's okay to not be okay. Just admit where you are. That's what it takes, and that's where it starts. It's like, well, all right, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm at. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Here's what Paul understood. Paul understood that when I can't, he can that when I can't, he can. When i got something in my life that I can't deal with, God can. That he has provision for it. He has a way to get the stress out. And the key to unlocking God's power is simply admitting that you can't. That's all it takes. Is knowing, you know what, where I'm at, it's okay to be where I'm at. And God, I can't fix it. I made a mess of the situation and I need your help. I can't fix it. But the enemy, well, the enemy doesn't want you to experience God's power. That's why he wants to keep you prideful and arrogant. He wants to keep you holding on to your ego and your image. Well, if I tell somebody, if I admit that I was wrong, then people are going to think whatever of me. If I, if I go to that person, if I confess my, my issue, what will people say? What will they think? God's power won't rest on you until you say, I can't. And Paul knew that. Until you say, God, I need you. Because God's power is made perfect. It's fully on display in your weakness. And you've got to own that. And if you'll do that, you'll celebrate your freedom through God's power, just like Paul did. That despite being weak, you are strong. Second thing you need to do is get completely honest 
Oh, this is a tough one for us. Completely honest. The first person you need to be honest with is yourself. You need to get honest with yourself. This is hard for a lot of us because we've got some blind spots, don't we? We've got some, some issues in our life that we can't see what's gotten us there. We don't even see that we're in that space. And we need to be honest with ourselves and say, I don't know what I don't know. I, I just simply don't know. And you can pray this prayer that King David prayed because he knew that God knew his heart better than his own self. He said this in Psalm 139, verse 23 to 24. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you, which would be any weight that we're carrying, because that's not God's plan for your life. And lead me along the path of everlasting light. He'll show you those things if you'll pray that prayer. And when he does, we repent, which means we turn away from it. We restructure our lives to live differently. And we can ask him for help. Second per person you need to be honest with is others. Do you know that God's plan for redemption in your life involves other people? God's plan for you to be healed from all those things that hurt you, maybe even long ago, or the things that hurt you this week, it's people. That's a real struggle for us. We don't like being honest with people. We don't like revealing weakness in ourselves. It's not the American way. We're strong. We're, we're, we're strong people. We can handle it. We got this. And it's our ego and our pride that'll keep us from talking to people. And the Bible tells us that God resists the proud, guys. I don't want that kind of resistance in my life. I got enough. We need to be honest with others. Brene Brown said this, when we pretend that we can avoid vulnerability, we engage in behaviors that are often inconsistent with who we want to be. It's time to stop avoiding vulnerability. It's time to be open to it and to be honest with others. That's why you need to be in a grow group. You know, we've got these groups so that you can be in relationship with people, so that you can get close to somebody. And when you get close to somebody, you can say, you know what? I'm going to be open and honest with you. You don't have to tell everybody. You just need to have somebody. Somebody that you're just open with about what you're struggling with. Man, I'm having a problem right now. I'm struggling with this area in my life. This thing is stressing me out, or I'm having trouble kicking this sin in my life. I need some help laying aside the weight. And the Bible says that if you'll step into that space, that there's healing for you. In fact, James 5.16 says, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another so that you can be healed. You say, Aaron, can I get God's healing without that? Nope. That's God's narrow pathway. You want to deal with all the pain that you've been stuffing down in the pain box? All the anxiety and the stress? You've got to get honest with somebody. You say, well, that's uncomfortable for me. It's only uncomfortable for a moment. But I promise you, as soon as you confess whatever that issue is, you'll feel a lifting. Oh, oh, for those of you that choose to walk this path, I'm going to tell you, your heart becomes lighter. As you begin to experience God's power floods your life. Having a righteous person pray for you. You say, Aaron, who is that? Anybody that's following Jesus? It doesn't say perfect people. It says righteous. And we're made righteous. It means that we are made right if we're following him. Having somebody pray for you, you'll experience healing. 
healing's on the other side of being vulnerable, open, and honest with others. You want to live light? You want to cast off the burdens and the weight? This is the pathway. Some of you are like, Aaron, I'm not in a group yet. And the groups are coming to a close. I need somebody to talk to today. All right. At the end of this service, our pastors that are available will be right here to meet with you and pray with you. Right here. I know we don't have an altar. It's just an open space. But your pastors will be happy to meet you right here and you can talk to them about what's stressing you out. We'll pray with you. And we'll believe God for healing and breakthrough in those areas with you. And then I want to talk to the other side of things. Because if you're going to confess to somebody, that means there needs to be an other that you're being honest with. All you others, the ones of you that are going to listen, don't you dare step into a place where you put yourself above the person that is confessing something to you. Every single one of us has sinned. Don't you dare look down on anybody for anything they've got to confess or that they've got to share. You listen with all grace and you listen with all humility knowing that you are two seconds away from stupid yourself. Come on, somebody. That's a better place to amen. Thank you. I appreciate the one I got. Don't you dare become Judgy Judgerson on anybody. You listen and you love. And if it's something you can't even understand, you pray, God, you're going to have to help me with some understanding. Because when I can't, he can. Galatians 6, 2 says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. Pray for them. Walk with them. Offer them accountability. Be a part of God's plan to see that weight lifted off their life. So it's, it's okay to not be okay. You need to be honest with yourself and with others. And then here's the last thing I'm going to tell you. You need to place dependency on God. This is where you're just going to have to say, God, I trust you. What options do you have anyway? The way you've been managing it isn't going so well for you. Why not? Why not accept the invitation? Why not ride it out and see what he's got to offer you? Why not? This is the most important thing. And this is where that narrow path leads to. It's just simply trusting God. Stress and anxiety will always reveal a self-dependency in your life. You know that? The thing that deals with it is God dependency. That's always the cure for it. So today, choose to trust him. And then later, when stress comes, choose to trust him again. Walk through this pathway. Trust him again and again and again. Paul reminds us that stresses and anxiety are just weights that are going to come. And the only way to deal with them is ultimately remember this. Galatians 2.20, he said, my old self, Always my old way of dealing with the stresses and anxieties, my old thought patterns, my old ways. That old thing, I've crucified it. In other words, it's a choice you make to kill those ways in your life. I'm not going back to them. That's called repentance, guys. That's what he's describing here. My old self I crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body How? By trusting in the Son of God, putting all my trust in Him, who loved me and gave Himself for me. And that's where each and every single one of us need to be. If you want to deal with the weight, cast it off.
live light, and get the stress out. Let's pray. Today in this moment, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I'm asking you this question. What weight are you carrying? Will you choose to walk the narrow path today? Will you accept where you are and know that it's, it's okay to not be okay? Are you willing to get honest with yourself and get honest with others? And as you step into that space, are you willing to choose? Maybe it's moment by moment. Maybe it's day by day, week by week, month by month, or year by year. That you're gonna have to choose to trust God. Are you willing? Are you willing to trust God completely for that issue that's stressing you out? To cease from striving to figure it out on your own, knowing that your ways don't work anyhow. And ultimately that your ways and your efforts are in the way of God's power. My prayer is, is that you're as you're honest and open, that as the Lord deals with those anxieties. As he points out to you those ways within your own heart that are offensive, that you're willing to walk the narrow path. Others of you in this room today, you, you'd identify you feel hopeless because your greatest need is God and you don't have a relationship with him. You're far from it. Or at least that's how it feels to you. The truth is today is that God is here. And the truth is, is that God has never left your side. You've, you've never left his sight. Maybe you felt like you have, but you haven't. You're like, today I, I need God, but I, but I don't have access. You've never had a relationship with him. Or maybe you did at one point in time and you walked far from him. Today's your day. Today's your day. Today you can have the power of God in your life to get the stress out. But if that's you today and you're ready to begin a relationship with God, to have access to his power, I'm going to pray a prayer in a moment. If you want to be included on that prayer, to give your life to Jesus, would you just slip your hand up right now? Would you just say, Aaron, that's me. I'm not going to have you come to the front. You can stay right where you're at. But do it. Would you just slip your hand up? Say, that's me. That's me today. I need this. Church, everybody, let's pray together. Nobody praying alone. If you're watching through uh, online in our online campus or on Facebook or YouTube, however you're listening, man, you can pray this prayer too. Pray it out loud where you're at. Mean it in your heart. Say, Jesus, I need you. Come on, everybody, all together. Jesus, I need you. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit. And show me how to live for you. And teach me to tell others about you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer today, the Bible tells us that all of hell of it, heaven is celebrating. Come on, Simple Church, can we celebrate with those that said yes to Jesus today? Now, if you prayed that prayer today, I'm going to ask you to take the next uh, the next step and make the next best decision you ever made. Grab a connection card out of the seat back in front of you. Fill it out, mark the spot and said, I said yes to Jesus today. We're not gonna put you on blast. Nobody's gonna show up at your door. We just wanna celebrate with you. We wanna make sure that you have everything you need for your Christian journey because as we've been talking about today, you're not meant to walk it out alone. Amen, everybody? We wanna be a partner with you. We wanna welcome you into our family. So make sure you fill that out. As we wrap up today, I wanna... Uh,
just give you an opportunity to give and, to, and give you some instruction on how to do that. Uh, for those of you that are, are giving you an offering or giving of your tithes, uh, we thank you so much. Those of you who are giving to the building fund, the way you can do that if you're not doing digital is you can grab an offering envelope and whatever you put in there, if you write building on it, 100% of it will go to the building. But, um, but, but we believe that the vision God's given us for this building is going to happen. And we're very excited about what the opportunities uh, will open to us here in this community to serve it once we have everything exactly how we need it. But know that we're not going to wait on that. We're going to get busy right away. And uh, so one of the ways we're doing that this week because of your generosity, uh, we're taking 25 baskets of, uh, of Thanksgiving meals. So it's a, it's a turkey and all the fixings and everything, even some treats for a few days afterwards and donating them to families in need this week. They'll pick them up on Saturday. It's really exciting. We get to be a part of that. And you made that happen because of your generosity already. So we just appreciate your giving. But you can give digitally. There's a give box in the back of the room. It's right here. I'm looking straight at it. And you can drop in that give box on your way out today. But we just appreciate you. It's, a, it's part of our worship, right? It's part of us honoring God with our finances. And so I just, just thank you for your faithfulness in that. A couple other things I need to tell you about is we have started prayer every Saturday at 9 a.m. here in this building. We had our first one this past Saturday, and, man, the Spirit of God was in the house, and we had a good time. And I just want to encourage you to, to come and be part of that. It's, it's an hour of prayer. Part of it's guided. The other part of it is just you you spending time with Jesus. And you say, Aaron, I've never spent an hour with Jesus. Well, let me come and come on. Let me show you how to do it. It'll be a, it'll be a great a great end to your week, or maybe Saturday is the start of your week, but uh, 9 a.m. we're here. And this year, uh, we usually do a, a Dream Team Christmas party, and we've been missing y'all so much that we decided to open up the Dream Team Christmas party to the entire church. Come on, how about that? So so uh, we're, we're going to get you details on that. We would love to see you uh, there. Uh, and uh, when I say there, uh, we're going to go back to Laser Craze if they'll have us. And uh, yeah, everybody loves laser craze. So a night of laser tag and cyber sports. If you don't know what that is, buddy, that is some crazy stuff. It's good fun. Um, but uh, we'd love for you guys to, to join us for that. Details are coming soon on that. Well, you'll need to sign up in order to join us for sure so we can have food and everything prepared for you. But we are, are so excited about what God is doing here in us and through us and for us. Amen, everybody. God's doing a good work. And uh, so let me just pray for you and then we'll dismiss. Remember that if you need prayer for anything. You need to talk to somebody today. It can be your day. Your pastors will be here, all of them that are available. So Lord, thank you for your word. Plant it deeply in our hearts. God, may this be a message and a concept that we return to over and over and over again as we live light and get the stress out of our lives. Father, we love you. Keep your hand upon us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said a good amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you back here next Sunday and Saturday at 9 a.m. for prayer. I am weary from the way crashing.